60 years ago, President Kennedy uttered these famous words, we choose to go to the moon. As if it were a choice, ignoring the scientific, the practical challenges, but less than a decade later, his words came to life. We chose and we achieved. It took an incredible amount of national will to get to the moon. Secrecy, planning, investment, in a wartime approach. And it was a war, it was the Cold War and the space race. Insiders knew that victory was required as the Soviets were already ahead. Which would triumph, individual liberty and free market capitalism or collectivism and top-down dictatorial communism? History shows that the Americans were first on the moon and eventually we won the Cold War. Communism waned, it seemed to disappear, but it has only recently emerged again strongly in China. Sure, they feigned free markets to gain Western capital, but the Chinese Communist Party is firmly in control and seeks to dominate the planet in a few decades. This isn't conjecture. Their own writings document it as their intentions. Yet Americans are asleep. We lack President Kennedy's resolve to advance. At the same time, a huge part of the Chinese Communist effort is largely unseen. It's happening in stealth mode, and the battleground is space. To better understand this challenge and to look for opportunity, we turn to a longtime friend, retired Air Force Lieutenant General Stephen Quast. As an Air Force pilot, his call sign was Killer Quast. Before his recent retirement, General Quast was the Commander, Air Education and Training Command, Joint Base San Antonio, Randolph, Texas. He was responsible for the recruiting, training, and education of Air Force personnel. Beyond that, General Quast was also a leading and early advocate of the U.S. Space Force. Welcome, General Quast. Hey, Thank you very much. Hey, tell us, what is the new Space Race? What is Space Race 2.0? Well, just as you described, uh, there is always a competition for control, dominance, and uh, survival uh, that goes across the planet. And so you described what President Kennedy said. And uh, what's amazing is how history repeats itself. So we are in the same battle for economic uh, preeminence. Uh, and and uh, China now is the one that is the, uh, the, the, the most aggressive at trying to take that high ground. And again, America has to get back onto this footing where we understand the nature of this new fight because China is very clever and they are uh, abiding in this war with information and economics. And it looks a little different than the Cold War, but it's the same basic problem. Well, we know it's obvious that the Chinese have fought us on terrestrial manufacturing. It's an economic war, we talk about that all the time. And they're beating us on terrestrial manufacturing. We've outsourced so much to China. We saw that uh, stark reality during the pandemic. President Trump made us aware, but the pandemic really drove it home how dependent we are on China. But now there's a new manufacturing battle. Can you describe that? Yeah, so the new manufacturing battle, and one of the reasons why I'm in the position I'm in now is to help revitalize and uh, recreate the American dominance in manufacturing. And this is with regard to advanced manufacturing techniques. Uh, this is everything from uh, optical robotics to uh, artificial intelligence applied to um, uh, 3D printing. All of the things that we have discovered since the Cold War and since we lost those manufacturing jobs, we have an opportunity as a nation to rebuild our manufacturing base. And the real battlefront, as you pointed out, is space. Because space 
is almost unlimited resources, unlimited information, unlimited capability for the human race to reach new heights and save Earth and save our civilizations. Well, I know you have a solution. We're going to talk about the solution. But I saw the term ISAM, in-space assembly and manufacturing. Can you describe what that is? Yeah, so if you take a look at what the government has done right now, they have put out documents that talk about the foundational element of the space economy is going to be the in-space assembly and manufacturing. And what this means is instead of trying to build things on the planet that are bulletproof in order to survive the violence of launch, we actually start throwing up the parts that are resilient to that kind of uh, launch and then assemble them in space. And then the next step will be to take resources from asteroids and other bodies, celestial bodies that are really close to the Earth and use already known techniques of mining and 3D printing to be able to actually build things in space. That's the manufacturing that we're talking about. Right, well we know China has been battling us here and we know that they're operating in space, but I don't know exactly what they're doing in space. I hear the dark side of the moon and I have all, can you explain a little bit about what China and the Communist Party is doing in space? Right, so the, China is laying the foundation for economic dominance. And part of our problem as an American society is we have not even built the infrastructure in space to see or know what's going on. So whatever China is doing on the dark side of the moon or the back side of the moon, um, we, we can't see it. They can see it because they're there. But we don't have the capability to even have the warnings and indications to understand what they're doing. The second piece is that they're building the three foundations of economic dominance. The first is transportation, where they can move things in space cheaper and faster than we can. The second is communications, where they can see and, and, and talk anywhere in the cislunar economy. That means between Earth and the moon. And the third is energy, power. They're using nuclear plans as well as solar power plans in space to energize the economy. If you can move things faster, communicate better, and deliver energy cheaper and faster, you own the economy. That's what China's doing, and we don't even know half of what they're doing because we can't see. Yeah, that's the scary part. And the other scary part is we know the Chinese put out these long-term plans. They'll have a five-year plan, a 10-year plan, and so forth. And, and we don't think that way. We think to the next administration, and we have these political battles here, and we just kind of assume that we're dominant militarily, therefore we dominate everything forever. That's just not the case, is it? It's not, and this is so typical of history. So many civilizations have uh, fallen away because they had the arrogance of thinking that because they have always been dominant, they will always be dominant. That's one of the problems we have in America. We need to recognize that uh, we are not necessarily the smartest person in the room, and we had better fight for what we believe in. Well, you're sounding the alarm, and General Cross, we'll keep you over for the next segment because uh, it is a serious problem. We're at war with, with China. It's an economic war. It's manifesting not just here on Earth but in space. But we need to know some solutions. We, we're all about winning the war, not just talking about it. So we'll take a break. When we come back, let's talk about some of those solutions. We're in conversation with Lieutenant General Stephen Quas, and we're talking about 
uh, the, the risks of China taking the high ground, so to speak, in space and using it to further dominate manufacturing, but beyond that, to dominate the entire planet. And so, you know, it took a combination, General, of uh, government popular will and American free enterprise for us to win the first Cold War. Now we have a new Cold War, it's a space war, May maybe it is uh, Space Race 2.0, but China is at work and they're attacking our strength, which is American ingenuity and small companies. How are they doing this? Well, they're doing it uh, the same way they've always done it since they, uh, in the 70s, came into the world economy. Uh, and I'll use the uh, telecommunications as an example. Uh, you probably were surprised and everybody in the world was surprised at how Huawei was the 5G dominant company all of a sudden, just out of nowhere. And uh, when you do, when you unpack that, you find that what they did is they uh, lured uh, Motorola, Lucent Technologies, and Nortel, three of the big telecommunication uh, powerhouses in the world. They lured them into the Chinese market uh, with a lot of money. And then over the course of the subtle terms and conditions of that opportunity, they bankrupted all three of those companies within six to seven years of that deal. The same is happening right now. It's a, a silent economic warfare. And so as the CEO of Skycorp, I already see it, where they will give a lot of money, like hundreds of millions of dollars to an individual American and say, find a company that is an innovator in space and, and uh, give them money and get on their board and get influence. Give me their patents, give me their trade secrets, and they will build by stealing our intellectual property, they will duplicate that and they will flood the market and put these small companies out of business. That's what they're trying to do right now. And I feel it every day as I talk to investors and when I follow the money, the forensics accounting, it leads right back to China. You know, that's, uh, I saw that firsthand. In, in 1999, I was in Hong Kong, went into Shenzhen, looked at the stock exchange, talked to one of their companies, which was an original equipment manufacturer for the big television makers, which were like Magnavox and Panasonic and Sony and so forth. But they promised me that they would bankrupt the American television companies, take the intellectual property and, and use it for their own television. And I watched it happen over a period of years following that. So this isn't anything new, but it's one thing to lose our television capabilities. It's quite another thing if we lose our capabilities in space. That's right. Uh, and th this is uh, <clears throat> so people need to understand that space is, is so powerful and what it can do for us on Earth is both good and could be very bad if in the wrong hands. And it would be like the country trying to decide, should we build a Navy or not build a Navy? We built a Navy to protect the global commerce that happens on the open oceans. And it has been a godsend for our country to survive. We have a choice now, and we need not only the American people, but the federal government to actually put their shoulder into this effort and say, there is a new space race. And if we don't do something to help these small companies that are trying to manufacture and assemble the infrastructure of space to keep up with China, it will be like we are a country without a Navy fighting a country with a world-class Navy. It will never work. We gotta do something and we gotta do it now. Well, the exciting thing is Space Race 1.0 brought us a lot of advances in technology. It, it really helped all of life here on Earth. But what you're talking about goes a lot deeper. Can you describe what Skycorp is doing and your vision for the company? Right. So Skycorp is essentially doing what Henry Ford did for the automobile. 
before Henry Ford, the automobile was very expensive and it took almost an artisan mechanic to put it together and only the very wealthy could afford it. What Henry Ford did is took the current technology of the time, but he put, applied it to a, a, an industrial base, a, a supply chain and a process that made the car affordable by, for everybody and it changed the world. That's what Skycorp is doing. It is taking the business of space that is very expensive right now and they are cutting the time and the cost in half in the way they do the process by assembling in space instead of assembling on the ground. Because when you assemble on the ground, you have to spend almost 90% of your effort, time and energy on making that piece of equipment bulletproof to survive the seven minute ride up to space. Skycorp flips that model on its head and we ship up the parts that are solid and resilient and we connect them with robots in space so that now it's made for the tranquil sanctity of space. And I heard the term monster garage. Will you describe that please? Yeah, so our orbital outpost is basically a facility where we can fly our little uh, robotic mechanics out to get any satellite, bring it in and fix it, or um, take space debris or space junk out of uh, orbit. Or this orbital uh, monster garage can move to the point of need. It can move to the satellite that needs servicing, and it can service that satellite. So it takes the entire operations and maintenance and cuts it better than in half because most satellite makers will throw a satellite up and if the satellite stops working, there's nothing they can do other than get software to try to fix it, telemetry to try to fix it. We are the physical uh, operations and maintenance infrastructure in space by having an orbital outpost that is the monster garage and having our satellites that are the robotic mechanics that can go out and do anything with people on Earth uh, manipulating those robotic arms. So it's not just artificial intelligence, it's a human being on Earth communicating with the satellite using laser comm and other advanced communication techniques. Which is fantastic. So I see how you can manufacture in space. I see how it's cheaper. I see how it's better in so many ways. But what would a space economy do for the average American? Right. So in short, a space economy can provide unlimited information, unlimited resources, and unlimited energy to everybody on the planet at affordable price points. Right now, there are people in sub-Saharan Africa that do not have enough energy. They cannot communicate because there's no infrastructure and uh, they cannot uh, provide the resources they need for their people, food and water. All of that could change if we build an infrastructure in space because you can deliver energy from space. You can deliver materials from space and you can deliver ubiquitous communication from space in ways that do not require any facility, any infrastructure on the ground. So now a young woman in Sudan can communicate in ways she's never communicated before. She has energy and she has the resources to actually do something with her life to make it better. It's powerful and America can lead that invention. Well, America has to lead that invention. If we don't, it will be locked down, controlled, and it'll be for the benefit of a few elite in the Chinese Communist Party. I mean, that's the beauty of America is we bring liberty to the planet. You know, we're not perfect. We've had, you know, troubled history at times, but still uh, the exceptionalism of America is to bring individual liberty 
uh, not just for ourselves, but everyone we touch. And that's the dream and that's the goal. And that's what I love about SkyCorp and the fact that you're leading it is you're going to do that. Uh, we're going to need to take another break. But General Quas, when we come back, let's talk about how we can help SkyCorp. General Quas, we're talking about your new company, SkyCorp. You just took a leadership role there. Uh, you're the CEO there. I, it's at least part of the answer. I'm convinced of that, just because you're involved, but just the vision that you laid out. It's part of the answer, at, at a minimum, for solving Space Race 2.0 and making life better for Americans. So what do Americans need to know about the company, and how can we help you? Well, uh, the reason I joined this company is because I spent the last 30 years trying to convince Congress that we needed a space force, which happened, uh, trying to convince the American people that this is a real danger if America doesn't get involved aggressively. But I was not seeing anybody in the private sector really getting aggressive about the manufacturing piece of this. So I joined this company to actually get on the front lines of this fight because I know what the military needs. I know what the government needs, and I can build it as a private company uh, with all, without all of the limitations that come with a yearly budget uh, by Congress. Congress and the government are too slow, and we need entrepreneurs in companies like Skycorp that actually know what to do and can do it faster. Well, there's no question. You look at Elon Musk and what he's achieved and, and how that's impacted in the Ukraine conflict and so forth. There's no question private enterprise can move faster. And the government's always known this. I mean, in, during World War II, it was, it was American industry that made a difference. And the manufacturing, you mentioned um, you know, automobiles, tanks, planes, you name it, it's been private enterprise. Uh, but Skycorp's a little different, and, and I think it's different just because they'd have you as a leader, because I'm certain that you're not going to let the Chinese Communist Party get in and co-opt or infiltrate your company. Uh, tell us what you're doing to protect it. Well, we are. And uh, it's not just uh, having good cybersecurity and, and uh, doing things uh, smartly. Uh, it's about uh, the money. It always has been. And so here is uh, what we are doing different. Uh, we, we need uh, the money that is not attached to China, where it will influence decisions or try to liquidate the company by putting it out of business or stealing the intellectual property. But we also need money that is not going to make people rich that are not friends of America or our Constitution. And there's a lot of them out there. I mean, there is big global money that believes in socialism. In other words, they do not believe in free will as a God-given right for every human being. And this is why we have tyrants and despots that put pressure on people to comply and to obey. That is not the American way. It is why we are, we are free people with independence, liberty, and a sense of self-determination. And so Skycorp is on the move to find the money that is not connected with the deep state, it's not connected with global money that believes in socialism, and it's not connected to China that is trying to put America out of business. That is not easy to do, and that is the number one job. Well, you're singing our song. That's the purpose of the economic war room. Uh, we believe we're in an economic war both against the globalist communists that, that are leftists that are trying to take over our country, plus the Chinese Communist Party, and we're training financial advisors and individuals. We're telling them, don't invest in wokeness, invest in liberty, security, and values. And part of that wokeness is uh, ESG. And it's not that, that you couldn't qualify as a really perfect ESG investment in so many ways. 
not philosophically, but if you take them on prima facie, on face value, you, you, you're good for ESG, but you're also good for liberty, security, and values. And you've been helping us as we train individual investment advisors. So how would that work? How can people invest in Space Race 2.0, promoting liberty, security, and values, and maybe supporting Skycorp? Well, all they have to do is have willingness to support something that is in the world and be on the leading edge. I mean, the return on investment are, are huge. We, I have banks that are lined up to raise you know, um, hundreds of millions of dollars for Skycorp, but some of them are connected and are controlling in the way they are connected with globalist ideologies like you just described, and we will turn away from that money. So when you really get rid of all of the globalist money that has ideological um, pro proclamations that are counter to our constitution and our one nation under God, and you get rid of all money that is China, it actually gets down to very few people that have the money and the ideology to invest. So we are looking for you. And we're also looking for people who want to be on the leading edge of this fight, uh, forensics accountants, uh, people who understand money and how to follow the money to make sure that the money is clean and it is connected to people that believe in America. Because those are the people I want to make rich. I, I walk around the country to investors with this golden goose of Skycorp and what we are doing and what we've already proved because we're the only company that has already flight, uh, space flight tested the elements of these modular satellites and monster garages. So it's just a matter of getting the resources in the investment and we can build it. We know it works. It's been proven on the International Space Station. But finding money that is clean is the hard part. And if you want to help with that, um, you just contact me through either you and this economic war room or at quast at skycorpinc.com. Well, we'll certainly put information about Skycorp and, and you and, and what you're doing all in the economic battle plan that we'll make available to any viewer of this show. And I've got to make it clear, we do not sell investments. Uh, we have, there are legal restrictions on that and so forth. Uh, and we don't recommend investments. We recommend liberty, security, and values. This certainly lines up with that. But every investor should have a good financial advisor, unless you're very sophisticated, unless you're very wealthy. Every investor should have an individual personal investment advisor, and then they can help you evaluate to see if this meets your uh, suitability, your goals, desires, and so forth. But I'm sure it does for a number of Americans. And there are more of us than you may know, General, uh, that want to invest. We just don't know how. And that's why we have the economic war room. That's why we train financial advisors. So you mentioned the ROI. Can you fill in a little bit what, the, what kind of ROI an investment in Skycorp would bring to individuals and the American economy? Yeah, so I'll give you a very simple example. If you're a company that wants to put a satellite in space, you're going to probably spend anywhere between $250 million and $500 million, depending on where in space you're going to put it. Okay, we can build that for $33 million at Skycorp. And when you build it the other way, the old fashioned way for let's say $250 million, if it goes up to space and the solar panels don't extend, you're in trouble. I mean, you've lost that entire investment. With a Skycorp satellite, uh, we have robotic mechanics that go up there and they can pull it out. They can take care of problems, unexpected events. Uh, this is the power of Skycorp and we can one satellite a day. Right now it takes you know, 18 months to build a satellite. We can do that in 18 weeks. 
Uh, and so you have a satellite that's cheaper. You have a satellite that can be fixed and serviced. We call it reprovisioning. So we can unplug a box that stopped working and plug in a new box. This is the power of Skycorp. And that's the kind of return on investment. $100 million a day is a potential. Wow, that's fantastic. General, thank you so much for all you've done for our country and what you're doing here for the next century. This is gonna make a real difference for real Americans. Now, General Cross is a great friend and he's been a part of the economic war room almost from the beginning. What he has shared with you, we're gonna share in a free economic battle plan that you can get at economicwarroom.com. Remember, what we see as a marketplace, our enemies view as a battle space. This is Kevin Freeman from the Economic War Room.